when we founded Seekster, we didn't think Seekster was going to become law. <laughs> I love, Just think I love about that. that. <laughs> how many how many companies and how many founders have you spoken to that you know came up and created some sort of technology that became law? It's incredible. So, uh, Artie, I'm going to do a quick intro for the listeners here. Uh, so we were up in Midtown Manhattan uh, a couple of weeks ago getting pizza. And uh, our conversation was, you know, when we decided to do this episode, we were talking everything from the future of healthcare to music to life to, you know, travel, kind of everything. Uh, philosophy. It was an awesome conversation. I wish we could have just recorded that and made that the episode. Uh, but, uh, you know, just a quick intro for you. So you are the founder and CEO of Seekster. You guys are, uh, building the future of healthcare data interoperability for both the end patients to have their own data in their pocket on their phone, uh, as well as some B2B applications. So, uh, if you want to fill in the gaps of anything I missed there on the introduction, and then let's just kind of dive into this, uh, the show here. Yeah. So thanks so much for having me. And I wish we could have had someone, you know, video recording us while we were walking to you know, 33rd and Lexington, where Vezo, the best pizza in the world, I would say, is. Nice but, um, for Vezo. Yeah, look, <laughs> I, I guess we get to you know um, uh, tell everyone the story on your wonderful podcast. So thanks again for having me. Um, yeah, we started Seek3 you know, in 2016, and it was all about putting the person, the patient at the center of all their healthcare data in order to break down those data silos, whether it was their provider data, their genomic data, their wearable data, their remote patient monitoring data. And um, really what we do is we create a longitudinal health record in real time for both patients and for researchers, such as pharma companies that are running clinical trials and clinical studies in order to fast track and advance drug development. So when you say longitudinal, is that like a timeline, like a history of uh, healthcare events? Or can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah, you know, um, since the moment you're born, you have data on you, right? Um, even when you're a fetus, I guess you could say, right? Depending on um, what tests uh, your mom has, right? And so uh, that moment to the moment that you unfortunately pass away and leave this earth, there's a lot of data, right? And a lot of us obviously are fortunate enough to, um, I guess, be born healthy. Some of us have certain genetic diseases that we're born with that we don't actually get to see until later. And um, that longitudinal data is very important for um, various different research in order to have the right treatments for the cohorts that are running those experiments, right? And um, I think with Seekster, how we've really changed the dynamic on this is that it's not static data and it's in real time. And so if Brian goes and gets an intervention or a lab done or you know something happens, I don't know, you get cancer, um, you get some sort of you know, uh, skin disease or whatever happens and you go see a specialist. I'm just, you know, saying just random events there. Um, 
that data would come in real time with you sharing it via your consent to the researcher on the pharma side in order to make better medicine for us. And this is where we really realized health data is medicine. Yeah, I love that. So it's, and I love that that slogan. You you talked about how that's, uh, you know, kind of like the the philosophy or even sort of like the mission of of Seekster, like health data being, you know, part part of the cure and you know, literally being medicine. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of stuff you just touched on. Uh, I love the concept of like you know, kind of empowering both ends of the equation the you know the patient themselves giving them something that's useful so that they can have you know ownership of their data and they can see it and understand it and and like see the trajectory over time but then also using the, that same data to uh give the researchers the drug makers the you know the the biotech life science folks uh what they need to do better uh in creating treatments and and new uh innovations in the healthcare space uh there's a couple of things that you like slightly alluded to in what you just described. And, and you talked about it slightly when we met as well. And I want to dive into it more because it's really interesting, uh, you know, before Seekster. So I, I think you mentioned you had a company that was like genetic sequencing or and that was part of like where the name Seekster came from. I, I want to get into kind of like, you know, yeah. where, where, where you come from and where the name comes from and uh, and why you're wearing that hat and hoodie. Sure. So a couple things. Um, look, yeah, before Seekster spent uh, 15 years in DNA sequencing um, and taking really DNA sequencing technologies to the clinic. And my team and I were fortunate enough to be um, around some uh, amazing scientists that were innovating next-gen sequencing technologies so that you can actually run you know, genome sequencing and exome sequencing. And we came up with and invented various different clinical diagnostic tests that um, detected, you know, breast cancer, such as BRCA1 and BRCA2, known as the BRCA1 and BRCA2 genes, and various different, you know, other cancer-associated genes by just running just one test from one blood sample. And so this was to um, like identify uh, predispositions ahead of time and help patients understand what they might have in the future. Is that? Yeah, because with cancer, you either have hereditary cancer or you have somatic cancer. And, um, you know, 5% or so of cancer is hereditary. And so we actually came up with um, the actual clinical diagnostic test that would detect that. and. If you were positive on one of those genes, then depending on the gene that um, was showing up within your genome, you would have an 80, 85% chance, unfortunately, in developing, let's say, breast cancer. And so you can actually um, get treatment and go get a mysectomy done to save your life. And uh, that sort of uh, testing led us to looking at how we can augment all the other data. So, you know, our name Seekster really came from me being a Napster user <laughs> and wanting to create the Napster of healthcare. And, um, you know, the SEQ is from our sequencing backgrounds, but it uh, transformed 
through our journey at Seekster to seeking health data, S-E-E-K-I-N-G, but our mission and um, our you know vision with Seekster has never changed since the first day that we founded the company. And I think that's what's so amazing. If you look at so many different other startups, whether they raised a dollar or you know, a billion dollars, they've changed and pivoted, you know, 50 times in order to find their business model. We never did. We stayed true to the mission of, you know, everyone is a seekster because everyone is seeking health data. It doesn't matter if you're a patient, a provider, a pharma company, a payer, a parent, um, you know, Whatever that may be, I call it the five P's, right? I think I just listed them. But for us, those are the five P's of healthcare. And Seekster is the underlying technology that makes all the magic happen so that a patient can quickly bring all their data in one place. And at the same time, you mentioned it. What gets really interesting is how we enable real-world data and real-world evidence for the researchers so that they can find faster and better cures and treatments and um, drug developments and advancements with the data. Because the hardest thing in any clinical trial or in healthcare in general is actually getting patient data and getting the right data at the right given time. And we solve all those problems with just an incredible software that puts the patient in the power and in the driver's seat, as well as allows them to share that power with the researcher. And so you save, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars for a drug being developed, as well as years in obtaining data on data that you know, those researchers and the pharma companies and the CROs were never able to actually get. Or if they were able to get it, not only did it cost them so much money, but it took them so much time. It's so important. I mean, it's uh, there's so many specialists out there in healthcare. Obviously, you know, the human body is so complex that, you know, it's all of medicine can't possibly understand everything, you know, at, at this trajectory of human civilization and evolution but uh you know it's you know for the specialists like they're so focused on their area and they sometimes like they know the thing they know like you go to uh you know an endodontist and they know how to do root canals or you go to like uh you know um an ENT and they know like the ears and the you know the throat and the nose and that sort of thing uh and it's but like they don't understand like they don't always see the big picture of healthcare and uh you know or the big picture of like the you know your body and uh so as the patient like you truly have to be your own like ceo of your of your health you have to take ownership of your own health and not necessarily just depend on what anybody says like you have to question what people say and you have to be able to you know over time you know kind of like create correlations and know what questions to ask and know what information to share and when. And uh, it, it's, it's difficult, like, especially kind of like pre what what Seekster is doing, you know, when everything lived in an EMR, uh, or like an EHR system, it's difficult as a patient to get access, maybe you have a filing cabinet full of DVDs that have images on them. And, you know, printouts of, you know, over time, and if you want to go figure out your history, you got to go dig through your filing cabinet and 
I'm sure 99% of people aren't that organized with their health information. So and not only uh, that, a lot of the times it's the fact that, you know, you're moving around or you've had data from what we call retrospective data that you don't have even access to. And if you did have access to, then you were able to give a 360 degree view of that patient. And that helps solve so many other problems within healthcare as well. It really is the number one problem in healthcare. Any use case that anyone is discussing, whether it's going to be, you know, this coming up week week at the HLTH health um, conference in Vegas, which is the biggest conference for the future of healthcare. I mean, Seekster enables and can enable the entire ecosystem. And that's because the data itself is the electricity that lights up all the, you know, bulbs that need to, you know, do their thing, I guess you could say. So I, I got a question for you. And I, I uh, it's short question that I'm leading somewhere with it. Uh, what what year was Seekster founded? 2016. 2016. And uh, what was it? 2017 or 2018 when the uh, regulations came out? Was I, uh, what year was that? So it was, so the regulations actually were coming during, you know, a couple of years after that around 2018, but they weren't finalized though. That's the 21st Century's Cures Act. Yeah. And that's we happened to be working with Seema Verma and Don Rucker and their teams at HMS and also CMS at the time. And Seekster was used as actual, the actual, you know, uh, example in drafting those rules. And then wow, those rules that. dropped in 2020, but because of uh, the pandemic, it got delayed till actually 2021. And as of October 6th of 2021, or, or actually 2022 now, um, you'll be, uh, be given a penalty if you're a provider that's not giving access to data. But Again, those 21st Century Cheers Act and and their operability, CMS, ONC, interoperability rulings were all about patient access. It wasn't about patient ownership of data. And so with Seekster, we're even ahead of that, right? Yeah, and that that was the point I was going to make. The vision of the patient owning the data. Yeah, you got you guys were two years early to the scene. There's like all these companies that are popping up trying to do what you guys are doing. Uh, because yes. like the law hits. So they're like, all right, it's a law now. There's a business market. There's an opportunity here because everyone yes. needs to do this. It's kind of like SOC 2 or you know HIPAA compliance, like the security firms pop exactly. up around the framework. It's actually better than that. And I'll tell you why. Because when we founded Seekster, we didn't think Seekster was going to become law. <laughs> I love, Just think I love about that. that. <laughs> how, many, how many companies and how many founders have you spoken to that you know came up and created some sort of technology that became law. It's incredible. That's we that's such that. a that just like blew my my mind thinking about that. Like when you said that, the impact of what you were saying, I could like feel that through my spine. Just like starting a company because you have such a vision of what the future needs to be, and your vision was like so clear years ahead of uh, these regulations that have literally literally been written into law for the good of the population. Uh, that's that, that is such an amazing uh... it, bl- it blows my mind. I mean, you know, it, it really does. And I think that's why, look, we've been doing this for seven years. We spent 75,000 hours on this 
incredible problem. And we have marquee clients that are utilizing our operating system. So at the end of the day, from you know, founding Seekster to all the great things that have happened and the whole journey of Seekster overall, I mean, what's incredible is that you know, we were somehow able to stay alive and get real customers to utilize our operating system so that they can make their business and their clients happier and better. And it's the first time that patients get something back, like you said. They never did. You'd be in a clinical trial and you wouldn't get anything back. You actually get a SaaS platform for free. Yeah, I love that. Uh, and I think there's a third market you guys have too. So there's like the the researchers, uh, there's the patients, and what's the third one? Yeah, so um, it's it's uh, it's pretty much the same. We hit on we created the direct to consumer product first, right? And you have to have a lot of marketing dollars in order to go out to the consumer. But our, I would say, pivot only in the entire history of Seekster has been to pivot to B2B. And those our B2B pivot was really um, successful because we started with the consumer. We started with the patient first. We built something for the real end user. And then we had pharma come and invest in us. And then they built our admin portal, our research portal. And then that gets utilized by all the researchers, let's say at Takeda or Boeing or Ingelheim or Abbey or whoever's you know partnered with us. And then the pa- their patients are the ones that onboard on that white label of Seekster where we're the operating system for that enterprise, whether that may be their patient registry, whether that may be you know, something particular to their health economics outcomes research, or it may be some use case related to post-market surveillance. Um, But uh, it's not limiting to just pharma and clinical trials. Um, From the payer segments, we are getting an influx, an inbound of requests. And I think like anything, it just takes time to show one use case, one segment success so that you can move on to the next. The beauty of our, of our product though, is the fact that it is so universal. Whether it's a pharma company, a payer, or you know a provider, or let's say some big consumer brand that wants to launch a digital health initiative tomorrow to all their employees, it takes us five business days to set up their instance, right? It takes us five business days to give them a fully white-labeled, branded version of Seekster that would be customized for their um, patients, for their users, for their members. That's what's so incredible about what I think the team has accomplished at Seekster. It's so stronger for the 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 contract to get through legal, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah. And, And you know what's so funny? It takes longer to get one patient record one patient record, then launching Seekster and getting 10,000 patient records. (laughs) Just think about the impact that this technology can do 
for your family and mine and everyone else. And that's why we're doing what we're doing. We're so in love with just helping not only the industry move forward, but we help patients. We've saved lives with this you know, operating system. And for me, that is the biggest accomplishment I think the Seekster you know, brand and the Seekster team has been able to do. Um, we built a legacy already by, you know, being able to save lives with our platform. And that's that's what's really amazing, I think. You were sharing some of those stories with me uh, over lunch. Uh, do you have any stories uh, that like really stand out uh, from patients that, you know, just, you know, I'll, I'll let you tell whatever kind of like stands out the most to you? Yeah, I'll, I'll give a personal one, right? I think personal always wins. And, you know, unfortunately, my dad was hit with uh, colon cancer. We didn't know that it was colon cancer to begin with until we grinded through his data. We were able to run a tumor board in six hours, get his data to multiple different pathologists, and we were able to bring his Cologuard results, which is a genetic DNA test, as well as um, uh, some other lab results, and then share it with his specialist and provider that was trying to get him into surgery in weeks. And instead, we got him into surgery in five days. And that's because of care coordination. That's because of the data that we had access to. That's because of the tumor board we ran with specialists. And, you know, um, what was amazing about that is our team at Seekster actually saved my dad's life. Wow. It's pretty amazing. And he dodged a bullet. Why and how? Maybe the audience is thinking, how did you guys save his life? Well, if anyone knows anything about cancer, every single minute counts. And if my dad would have gone in the surgery six to seven weeks out because of, you know, insurance approvals, and that's what the provider wanted to do based off of his diagnosis, and us not having access to Seekster and pushing the provider on the data that shows that he should go to surgery sooner, he would have gotten, you know, colon cancer um, stage three instead of 2A, which could have metastasized and he would have had much, much, you know, uh, more trouble than he already did being a colon cancer uh, patient. But, you know, he was able to get back on his feet, get back to work after a month. And um, that's when we realized that health data is medicine. And that's when we realized that the time to intervention is so important. And that can be a difference of life or death. I just had like this epiphany. Uh, you know, when you said health data is medicine earlier, it hit me in like a logical way, uh, almost like uh, like it makes sense kind of way. But when you just said it after that story, it hit me in an emotional way. Yeah, I mean, look, everyone has their own stories. I'm sure you and your family have your own stories that you can relate to with the use cases and the examples that I'm sharing about Seekster. And I think that's what's so special. We can sit down and talk to anyone about Seekster. It could be the president of the United States to, you know, um, you know, a, a person that uh, it just got diagnosed with some sort of rare disease 
to a parent, to, you know, um, Jeff Bezos, to Bill Gates. It doesn't matter who. It doesn't matter what your demographic is. It doesn't matter how wealthy you are. At the end of the day, the most important thing in the world is your health is your wealth. And we created a technology that can not only advance that for populations, but also families. Yeah, I love that. Uh, what uh, have you guys done? Have you guys looked into anything in, you know, like IBM Watson or, uh, you know, OpenAI or any of these machine learning, uh, you know, uh, APIs that give you access to like predictive health analytics or, you know, predictive, uh, you know, diagnoses, or I don't know what the right terminology is. Have you looked at any of those kind of uh, platforms? Yeah, absolutely. We've actually looked at all of them. And what's so great about Seekster is because it's an operating system and it, and we have different modules that we can launch, whether that's ePro for, um, you know, patient reported outcomes or a search query to search the comorbidities of data associated with one patient versus another or patient matching for a clinical trial. Um, you're talking about layering in, you know, various different analytics or AI or machine learning for decision-making. And exactly. um, yep. we can we can do that. That's not what our expertise is, but we do bring and we do have NLP for natural language processing um, on the data and taking, let's say, um, OCR from the free text and doctor's notes and things like that. So there's lots of different use cases for those things. And if our, you know, um, clients, customer wants to bring in IBM Watson or some other, you know, type of AI analytics layer on top of the Seekster operating system, they're completely able to, and that's how we kind of built it. Think of, you know, you know, your Microsoft Windows or your Mac OS. That AI is just another application that sits on top of your operating system. We built the operating system so you can actually take other technologies and plug them in on top of ours as well. Yeah, that's cool. So is it uh, the Seekster operating system? Is that a web? application that these uh you know researchers will inter interface with or is it some sort of like an actual you know running on bare metal or yeah it's 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 web-based but we also have mobile as well and we have sdks for ios and also android both cool. right um but you have to think of it from um a business standpoint uh it really depends on you know the population as well as the researchers on what they want to use. On a desktop version, they're able to actually really grind through the data much more than on a mobile version. But if they want quick access to, you know, some report or something, then, you know, it's great to have, you know, mobile as well. And we have both. But from the patient side, the data visualization is always better on a desktop version versus a mobile version. But on the mobile side, it's easier and quicker to onboard, right? And so they have pluses or uh, you know advantages and disadvantages. It just depends on the use case and the customer. Yeah. Uh, so taking a uh, uh, left turn here, uh, 
So like most SaaS companies are tracking things like CAC, like customer acquisition costs, uh, you know, month over month MRR, uh, you know, return on ad spend, things like that, like things that are more transactional. Uh, what are the KPIs that Seekster tracks? How do you guys, uh, you know, kind of quantify the business and figure out, uh, you know, where where it's going? Yeah, a couple of things. I think it starts with actually deployments of our operating system to, let's say, a pharma company, right? And right now we have four major deployments with, you know, four out of the top 15 pharma companies in the world. For a company our size and at our stage, that's pretty incredible. And that's because the system is so robust and it solves a really big problem. We also have a very large pipeline of interest from various different, you know, biotech companies from small to medium, as well as um, other pharma companies that are interested too. It just depends on their use cases and, you know, um, it's a timing thing. But really how we measure success is, you know, how quickly we can get to a deployment because the faster we can get to a deployment, then we can measure success on how many patients are being onboarded, how many people are connecting their data, what type of data they are connecting, right? And at the end of the day, um, what is the actual result on the real world evidence side if they're running, you know, different RWE studies? What's an RWE study? So, um, you know, because we bring real world data together in one place and real world data is really the data that exists on Brian, on Jennifer, on whoever, right? At the end of the day, you bring your, you know, Stanford data, your Memorial Sloan Kettering data, you bring your Garmin data, you bring your Medtronic data, you bring your Dexcom, you know, um, blood glucose monitoring device data. That's real world data that a researcher at the far end does not have access to right? That's data that's being siloed. And so within literally less than 60 seconds, sometimes milliseconds, depending on the data points and how much data you have, you aggregate that data and then you're able to share it in this operating system with Roche Diagnostics, with Pfizer, with you know AstraZeneca, whoever that may be that we are doing business with, right? And at the end of the day, you are contributing to a real world evidence study where they're able to look at, you know, a thousand individuals with all this data that they weren't having access to before, and they're able to run their analytics and um, see what are those touch points and what are what is the needle in this haystack within that um cohort as an example yeah interesting um i'll show you i'm sure you've seen these the aura rings uh yeah. hold it up to the camera for anybody watching the video uh it's a really cool biometric sleep tracker and uh they've been out pre-covid but uh they were actually able to uh predict covid i think through the pandemic they ran a study and they were able to predict COVID like two days or three days before you'd start testing positive or have symptoms uh, based on- Because of certain early... markers, yeah, that's yeah. showing up within that data point. And that's a great example. That 
if let's say Pfizer was running that study and was handing out overrings to folks, and then they were using Seekster for the collection of the EMR data plus the overrings, that's a perfect real world evidence study right there. Yeah, yeah, it was really interesting. I actually did, I participated in the study and they were like oh, wow. taking my data for like nine months or 12 months or something. And I did have COVID during that time period. So wow. they were able to catch it and they, you know, every day I'd fill out the survey and say, yeah, I don't have COVID today or, you know, I'm not coughing. I don't have a fever, you know, uh, fill out their survey every day. And it was really um, interesting. And then they they published the results of the study after. So it was, you know, obviously That's a lot of it was cool. over my head, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What's nice about the ring too, is that you can always have it on. Some people don't want to have, you know, a wearable watch on while you sleep. And, uh, you know, the battery life is, you know, is pretty good on that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, so what's uh, what's next for Seekster? You know, you guys have the uh, you know the patient uh, mobile apps that empower patients to have access to and uh, you know be able to manage their their historical healthcare data, the longitudinal data, as you as you said. Uh, there's the research side of Seekster. What's uh, you know what's the next stage of Seekster? Yeah, look, um, we have an incredible product roadmap that I can't really share publicly, but what I can share is that, you know, um, our customers are really figuring out how to leverage our operating system to impact patient lives at scale. And I think this was something that was maybe a dream before, and people maybe didn't think that we could do that. But you have to understand, we have nearly 100% coverage of all of the major health systems in the United States, as well as the small doctor's offices and clinics. Any data that has been digitized, ladies and gentlemen, our incredible technology can quickly, rapidly aggregate that data, visualize that data, and then share it in a fully HIPAA compliant, high trust certified, you know, 21 CFR part 11 FDA compliance, CMS ONC interoperability, 21st uh, century Cures Act compliant way. I mean, that in itself is a great feat. And so uh, I think now that we've figured out how um, it can really impact both the patients and researchers, we're focusing a lot around patient engagement now, right? And we're focusing a lot around other use cases that we just did not think were possible. And there's a lot of analytic companies that are interested in Seekster that we never thought would be before, as well as, like I said, payers. And um, I think there payers is- seems like an obvious one. It's an obvious one, and it's a real obvious one when you have like um, payer pharma, right? And um, there's a lot of use cases like that as well. In 2023, you know, I predict will be the year that people will actually say, oh, my God, did you run a Seekster trial instead of a clinical trial? Yeah, that's cool. And payers, I think, is interesting because it's like... Uh, you know, they're trying to lower their costs, obviously. So if you can embed the incentive to the patient somehow into the experience, so not only do they get the incentive, but they get their data at the same time. And, 
it's, you know, somehow beneficial to the payer. They're saving money. That's, that's like a no brainer to me uh, for the Absolutely. payers. Absolutely. And I think one key thing to realize is that, you know, there's a lot of API plays out there. A lot of people trying to do what we're doing, you know, to build their um, own stuff on top of Seekster. Yeah. And, and we're not an API play. We invented the patient facing application and the research facing application so that you can, you know, do lots beyond our imagination with it. But you guys have APIs though, right? So people can hook into your APIs if yeah, they want we, to. You're yeah, not an API first, but absolutely. We have a we have a dev portal for that. We have that. So, you know, but um at the end of the day, the fact that we can white label this for XYZ companies, that is really our our business. Cool. So you're saying, uh, you know, a whole bunch of technical terms and acronyms, you know, a couple of minutes ago that I, you know, didn't understand half of them, uh, kind of like describing all the things, you know, compliance and technical stuff. I heard data interoperability at the end. I get that one. Uh, it reminded me, uh, have you ever seen, I'm sure you have Silicon Valley, that show on HBO? Yes. Yes. I, I, I used to watch it when I had time. Well, the, the I think it was the first episode they had that startup up on stage, like the party where Kid Rock was there. Yeah, they're like, they're like, yeah, we're making the world a better place through, uh, you know, abstracted development, you know, no code, you know, software solutions. And uh, it was funny because like, you know, everyone says that in Silicon Valley, like, yeah, we're making the world a better place through, you know, blah, 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 whatever our, our you know, infrastructure as a code layer. Um, right. You know, but you guys literally are making the world a better place. And uh, it was like, as you were saying, all those like long uh, acronyms and, you know, technical terms, I'm thinking of that, that uh, scene from Silicon Valley when they, they were up on stage doing that. And, uh, and then the funny part is kind of like, it's actually true here. You're actually doing it. Yeah. And, you know, I think um, a lot of people probably relate to the show. A lot of people, you know, hear this all the time. And it's it's crazy. We are actually doing it, right? And I think a majority of people still don't believe it. And that's actually our secret sauce. Our secret sauce is that people think that we can't do it. And then they try it and then they see it. And then they, you know, launch it to 50,000 individuals. And then they're like, oh my God, why didn't we have this five years ago? Right. And so I think that's what's really interesting with what I'm seeing from my end is that from disbelief to kind of believing to, oh, shit, we needed this yesterday. <laughs> yeah. And like verbing your business, uh, you know, like people say Google, you know, if you want to search something, you go Google it. Uh, my phone. Exactly. Yeah. To me and here. I think I think with Seekster, it's like that. Every, like I said, everyone's a Seekster. Yeah, but like that's like whether you believe it or not, you are a seekster. Yeah, but the the thing you said a minute ago though, the um, uh, seekster trials, like making you know, you're not doing a clinical trial, you're doing a seekster trial. Yeah, because clinical trials were yesterday's business. Tomorrow's business are seekster trials or seekster studies instead of clinical studies. We truly believe that, and the difference is seekster brings platinum data. Versus a regular clinical trial that brings copper data. Copper still has its worth, but it ain't platinum. <laughs> so uh, what, uh, I, I think we can start wrapping up in a little bit, but I'm curious, uh, like, where do you see 
trends in healthcare going? Like, what is the next, you know, you talked about the next year, what is the next five years? What does the next 10 years look like? Uh, how are things going to evolve in healthcare? Yeah, you know, I, I think the world um, is looking for a Netflix, Amazon type of experience within healthcare, um, within health data. And I can see in the next five years to 10 years, Seekster can be, you know, a technology that plays into advancing that for, for everyone. And, um, you know, we're doing a lot with pharma. We're doing a lot within clinical trials and clinical studies that are becoming Seekster trials and Seekster studies. But at the end of the day, those are just proof points. But um, yes, it's a great business. Yes, it's a great way to get your technology in the hands of both researchers and patients. But I do believe that the big, you know, vision behind this is that Amazon Netflix experience where, you know, you have one click and you have all your movies in one place and you can, you know, watch any movie you want through Netflix, basically, right? Or Apple TV or whatever you're using. But at the end of the day, with health, you don't have that because everything's been siloed. And if you go back to the Napster days, we wouldn't be here and it wouldn't be called Seekster. There would be no Seekster if I wasn't a diehard Napster user. And so Napster and Sean Parker get all the credit, <laughs> you know, for the Seekster name. And the reason being is because, um, you know, we all we wanted to have all our music in one in one place. And if there was no Napster, there would never been an iTunes. MP3s would have never taken off and all that other good stuff, right? And so I think Seekster's on something a thousand X bigger than that, that can change the way consumers and patients not only interact with data, but how they get care. Yeah, interesting. And I've seen, you brought up Amazon. So I want to touch on that too. Uh, We've seen Amazon and Walmart are kind of like quietly moving into healthcare and like filing patents. I saw Walmart filed a patent last year on, uh, it, you know, people talk about like putting healthcare data on the blockchain. Uh, I think that's kind of yeah. a goofy idea sometimes, but, uh, you know, I've, like they filed a patent for that. Um, Amazon's been uh, been doing stuff in the healthcare space kind of quietly. What are, What have you seen? Uh, like, are they innovators? Are they just too big to innovate in the space? What are you What are you seeing there? Well, they definitely have, you know, some might. No one can argue that. But if you look at, you know, um, their recent, let's say, acquisitions, such as One Medical, right? Um, imagine plugging in Seekster inside their one medical acquisition and what does that do for their business and what does that do for their the providers what does that do for their patients right overnight it's like a you know supercharger that's put on their engine um so i think there's lots of synergies there there's a lot of uh, missing pieces as well and i'm sure they know that too but I think a lot of people are going after various different segments in healthcare because they think one is maybe easier than the other because healthcare is really complex and everyone's finally understanding how complex it is. 
but how you um, are successful in healthcare is that you don't just maybe purchase one technology. You look at the overall landscape and you see how you can connect the dots. And at the end of the day, if a data play is not part of that discussion or you know future, I don't think you will be successful. The data discussion has to come at some point. And so I think, you know, at the end of the day, we're here to just help um, any small, big company with those initiatives. I do think that a lot of these bigger companies like Amazon and CVS and, um, you know, uh, Walmart um, and others, um, they see a tremendous revenue opportunity in healthcare. And that's why they are all, you know, racing to see where they can fit, right? But they are too big to innovate. They're not too big to take innovation and implement based off of some acquisitions that they're putting together. I think that's probably their best, you know, bet. Yeah, that's a good uh, segue there. Uh, what's what's the vision for Seekster? Is it uh, like a strategic exit or do you see yourselves getting to a multi-billion dollar market cap and just, you know, changing the way that everything's done? I'll be honest with you. When we started Seekster, as you know, and we talked about this when we went to New York City, we didn't have a business model, right? And that's why we've been able to build something that people like yourself and others just love. And that's because we built it with purpose and passion, right? And so at the end of the day, we've never thought about how, you know, a business model could work. We just built something phenomenal and we let the business come to us. And then if we had to pivot a little bit from consumer to B to B to C, that's all we really did. But we didn't re-engineer anything. And at the end of the day, we utilize both patients and our customers to build our system. We're not raising our hand and saying that we know, you know, everything from here to the uh, under the sun. But yes, were we visionary? Absolutely. You know, you can see the track of the company. We we're definitely visionary on what it was. It just took a long time. Where we want to take it next is, you know, no answer as well either. Because um, we just want to make sure that our clients are happy. We want to make sure that we're growing. And at the end, at the end of the day, if that means that it will be, you know, four different ways that there's an exit, whether that's an IPO or whether that's an acquisition or whether that's, you know, um, we just self-sustain and keep this going um, uh, privately, right? Um, I think all options are on the table, really, for us. And they've always been. We never built, actually, the business to actually sell it. We actually built it so that um, the data and the technology can work hand-in-hand -hand together and not be siloed. The last thing we want is for some company to come acquire our you know, technology and then silo that technology or screw and it so, up. Yeah. And I think that that's something that always, you know, is on my mind because it's, it's hard to know who you can trust in healthcare, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. I totally, I totally get that. I mean, anything in business I've seen 
lot of friends sell companies and uh, sometimes it goes well and the acquirer does, does well by the company and, you know, integrates it well. And, you know, the, the team is happy and the customers are happy, but I've also seen it go the opposite way too many times where it just totally, you know, team, team abandoned ship due to poor management, the product goes to shit, you know, customers leave and it just kind of just, it's like, you look know, at you got Twitter. All this- look at, look at Twitter. Look what's happening with Twitter. <laughs> you think that everyone would be happy at Twitter. It's a perfect example. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right? on a grand, on a large stage, you know, big, big yeah. scale, large stage. But yeah, exactly. And it's it's tough. So I think collaboration and the right fit is always, you know, um, important. And those things, as long as you built something really robust, you know, there'll be multiple options. Uh, we've had multiple options till this day on, you know, all these things that we've spoken about. And at the end of the day, we've chosen to just keep the train running, keep building and keep, you know, growing. I mean, that's the sign of a good business. And, you know, as the CEO, having a a vision that you're clear on, you know, if you're not getting distracted and swayed by, you know, you're building a good business. So you are getting offers. Obviously, people see what you're doing and there's value there. So they want it and offers are going to come your way. But you're just like you see the vision, you, you know, you're like the horse with blinders on, you're just charging towards, you know, the finish line or, you know, charging towards the goal. And, uh, and that's, uh, that, that's visionary there. Uh, this is so cool, man. We had an awesome conversation today. And it's, I was just thinking all this came about because uh, I, I have a services firm in the Laravel space, as you know, uh, you, you guys use Laravel in your tech stack. Uh, I think we cold emailed you or I cold emailed you like a year ago or two years ago. And, we ended up doing work together, you know, became friends, met in New York, you know, had pizza, talked about doing this show. And like, here we are now recording the episode. And uh, it's so cool how, you know, the world works and, you know, connections are made. And it is pretty uh, amazing, actually. Yeah. yeah no, I love it. Thank you, Brian, for everything that you've done for Seekster. And I think you're, you know, from your uh, technological background, you understood you know, the work that our team is doing, how it can impact things. So we really thank you for you know, your interest and in really understanding like what the team here is really doing. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, is there anything you want to plug before we hop off? Obviously, Seekster, we'll have that link in the show notes uh, for anybody who wants to da- download the apps. Uh, we'll put the yeah, look, website if any, and everything. If, if anyone's listening um, in and, and wants to learn more or may, I don't know, maybe you you want to um, have a discussion around how we can help your business if you're in healthcare in any segments, feel free to reach out. Just email us at info at seekster.com. And, you know, I'm very active on LinkedIn. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn and I'm always happy to make time if it, it makes sense. Cool. Yeah, Artie, we'll put your uh, the info at email. We'll put your LinkedIn uh, link in the show notes and all that stuff. But uh, it's been awesome having you on. I, I think this is going to be a great episode. And I'm really looking forward to seeing the, uh, you know, the the final, uh, final version here. Thanks so much, Brian. So great to have, uh, you know, you on and as a, a host and discussing all the great things that we talked about at the pizza shop to your podcast. Thanks again for all you do. Yeah, next time you're in New York, we'll meet up and get pizza there again. We're going to go with the all meat lovers next time, not the veggie. (laughs) (laughs) There you go, Artie. All right. Well, have a great rest of your night. I'll see you soon. All right. Talk to you. Bye.